0: One of us on this podcast is a real animal lover. (laughs) Of course, you love animals. You just don't like dogs. (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) Saying you don't like dogs is something we won't say. It's not true. Don't listen to her.
1: (laughs) 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 It's Little Shorty Month. To kick things off, This week on Art of the Short, Lil Shorty, Bethers reads you a story where a mead-drinking madman grapples with his past, trying to fill a colossal hole made by a colossal man. Yes, this is the tale of Paul
0: Bunyan's son. We'd like to remind you that all episodes of Art of the Short contain explicit content, and that a link to this week's short story will be provided in the show notes just for you of the short
1: is an interactive literary art installation our little shorty episodes feature the not so known storytellers where jory and bethers read a short story by you yep a short story written by you and of course we'll make art of our
0: interpretations Join the conversation and send us your artwork to add to the gallery. To learn how, go to artoftheshort.com and follow the installation on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at art of the short to see what others think of this short story through their art. Bethany Bethers. Hi, Jory. Hey there. Bethany Bethers. Guess what, it guess is. what?
1: Oh, oh you, no! Yes. You go first. <laughs> you go first.
0: <laughs> no you. <laughs> okay, dear listener, dear listener, dear reader, dear reader. It's little shorty month. It's little shorty month. Okay. How do you feel? What do you think? I went down a rabbit hole. Hmm. I went down a rabbit hole. I was like, if I had a Pinterest, I would have been pinning Pinterest. things. I was. I took notes. <laughs> I have some data. I have some facts. I have things to say. Okay. All right. And they were affecting my art in a big way. I had a lot going on. I had a lot (laughs) going on. I have more than one medium. Okay. Tell me about yours. Uh, I brought like a (laughs) accidentally,
1: like an early 90s Disney vibe, Mm. which is not how you would perhaps characterize my artwork. In general, <laughs> it's not very Disney-like. I guess is
0: what I'm saying. Well, you guys, Joy is a Disney adult, so
1: what does that even mean? A Disney adult? I don't know what that means. Like someone who goes to Disneyland a lot, wears Mickey Mouse t-shirts, Crocs. That's basically it. <laughs> oh <my God.
0: laughs> I did a rabbit hole, full body, soul, mind investment in my art. <laughs> you brought a Disney vibe. I think we're ready to get started. <laughs>
1: This week's short story is by Robert James Russell, a, quote, born-and-bred Michigander. Russell is a founding editor of Midwestern Gothic. He also created Cheap Pop, a beautifully curated microfiction literary journal. His work has been nominated for numerous awards, and if you love what you hear, we strongly encourage you to go check it out. We're talking novellas, a chapbook, short stories galore. So... Go see what he's getting up to at robertjamesrussell.com and follow him on his socials
0: at Rob Hollywood. Featured on Matchbook, this is Son of Paul Bunyan by Robert James Russell. On an island in the darkest corners of Lake Superior, the old axeman's son lived in a perpetual drunk. His father, the famed logger, the mover of great industry and single-handed champion of the North Woodsman, had died sometime before. And now, on this island, where red and white pine flourished and black-necked geese flocked and brown bears foraged the endless supplies of wildflower honey, the son of Paul Bunyan, brewed mead, and slept all day. He wrestled the island bears and chided them, towering over them. He, tall as a basswood tree. He lumbered on the shores and sunned himself on the rare occurrences the sun shone through the pearly gray sky. And two, he chided babe, spat insults at him. His father's great companion, now nearly blind and hobbled, chained to a boulder at the center of the island and fed leftover porridge. His mother, Aline, of normal height, of human <laughs> stock, <laughs> had fled shortly after his birth, perhaps regretting her tryst with the lumbermen, unable to conceive a life between them. Her love he never knew. He often thought that, perhaps, she would look upon his actions here on the island as unkind, as spiteful. But she had left him, so why would that matter? His father had retired to the island during his son's budding adolescence, suddenly tired of the fame and expectations, and he, a hard man, took a stern approach to parenthood, so the boy was raised with fist and with scowl and learned the means and ways of the land. After he buried his father in an enormous coffin made from towering cured pine logs, he thought often of leaving the island, of swimming the chopping inland sea, to proclaim his inheritance from man, proclaiming he was half them, half something else, to be worshipped absolutely, but also to seek love, yes, to be held. Then the drink would take him drag him down, and instead he would wrestle the bears and hunt with the wolves and break the necks of the geese for sport and chide babe until he felt sickly satisfied in his depravity. Or the anger would overpower, and he'd run naked through the forest chopping down the old-growth trees, ripping up stumps and roots and hurling the gargantuan masses of primordial wood into the sky splashing down in the dark blue water where it met horizon. What good was this power, this strength, he wondered, if he was alone? Go on, then, he'd hear the north wind whisper. Take a swim. Go to man. Become legend like your father. One winter in his thirtieth year, a particularly bad year, He miscalculated his mead supply, how much the island bees could produce, how much he should ration. He bellowed, howled, and the animals scattered and storm clouds dropped rain that iced, turned to slush, covered the island in gray and white. He went on a tear, digging into the earth for imaginary caches of mead that perhaps he'd forgotten he'd squirreled away, but found none. Feet of snow covered the island, and the winds whipped and gnawed at his hard rock face. One day, he approached Babe, axe in hand. The beast lay low to the earth, legs buckled from the weather. Babe didn't look up, but away. The axeman's son shook, took his big, red, calloused hands, and stroked the coarse blue fur of the ox's neck. Matted now, slick with sweat and sick. He thought of saying a word, some prayer, but all he could imagine was his mother leaving, his father's cruel hand. And so he chopped and chopped, destroyed what was left of his father's visage, butchered the blue ox until the snow drained red. Steam rising from the pooled piles of the beast's innards. It did not sate that sourness inside him. It was the hardest winter he'd ever seen, years long on that island. He grew emaciated, avaricious, dangerously mad. He made roaring bonfires of the trees on the island until only a small acreage of timber remained. He dug up all the roots and ate them in a single sitting. He gored the island bears used their skins for blankets, grilled their flesh on long yellow cedar poles he fashioned with his axe. All the songbirds had flown away, yet the snow and cold remained. The waves on the shore lapping, taunting, scolding him. He lost count of time entirely, measuring it on his beard growth, the dullness of the axe blade. Eventually, the axeman's son was without any food, left then with an island wasteland before him. A legacy brought to ruination. One morning, he followed imagined shorebirds to the western edge of the island, wrapped in babe's blue pelt, shivering beneath it. There was nothing but him there. He shook off the fur, raised his fist against the sky, sky. He'd swim to the mainland, yes, He would swim there and gorge on food and drink and wreak havoc. They would bow to him. They would fashion him their king. As the axeman's son entered the water, the cold screamed up his legs, his crotch, his sunken abdomen until he grew accustomed. He dog-paddled out until the barren, ravaged island, the only home he'd ever known, was out of view. Around him was unending water, immense waves, dark, swirling skies. A thundering storm followed <laughs> that was awfully cheery. A thundering storm <laughs> Guess what happened next? Hey-o! Hey yo
1: a friendly storm. <laughs> nope, that's not right. <laughs> like inherently too cheery. <laughs>
0: A thundering storm followed him overhead. He was lost. He grew tired. He took great, gulping breaths, filling his lungs with water. He waited there, gritting his teeth, until his body finally succumbed to cold and tire and ache and sank like a beach stone. He drifted between life and death for decades. Arrested while the waves overhead, that dark water around him, kept violently moving, pulsating. Every so often, he'd see the waters part above him, a ship cruising for other shores. The axeman's son would reach up and grab hold of those great ships filled with men in uniform, transporting goods from lake to river to lake, lake to river To lake, trying desperately to pull himself up from the cold, dark depths of Lake Superior, but instead dragging the ships down. All men aboard, perishing, unwilling sailors and seamen trapped for eternity, with that blathering half giant in a cold world devoid of hope, hidden beneath the white capped waves, forever chopping, forever chopping
1: art of the short art of the short (laughs) it's little art of the short well i meant to say it's art of the short little shorties (laughs)
0: You can't edit it. You know you're locked in. It's little
1: art of the short. Art of the short. Little shorty. I'm opening your art. (gasps) Jory, you can't just dive in like that. That's so rude. (laughs) I did what I wanted to so bad. What are you looking at? So let me explain what I'm seeing. Because I know everyone is on pins and fucking needles right now. Because (laughs) I was too. I really wanted to see Bethany's art. And let me tell you. I love it. (laughs) So we have a seascape. Looks like it might be Marker and or colored pencil and or watercolor. I can't tell. Yeah. With a sinking ship. It's just a boat. There's like a cliff out in the distance with a lighthouse-looking type structure. Mm-hmm. And like there's lots of trees and greenery and like beautiful different shades of mm-hmm, blues mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, greens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. a lot going on in this. <laughs> the boat says, keeps her. It does. It does. I'd love to tell you about that. Wait, did I miss something? No, I'm going to tell you. I told you I went on a bit of a deep dive, and
0: I'd like to share. I'd like to share. Okay, okay, okay. Robert James Russell (laughs) has an author's note where he says, Hey, dear reader, I am obsessed with the Great Lakes. (laughs) Like, obsessed. (laughs) And guess what? Robert James, I'm also obsessed. Are you? I didn't know that. I, oh my God, started clicking, opening, open tab, open tab, yeah. images of Lake Superior. <laughs> Here's what I'd like to share with you. Lake Superior. Yes. It's known as the lake that keeps her dead. Ooh. She keeps, keeps her dead. Oh, so that's the keeps her dead. okay, the, okay, the okay. Boat. So what it means is that it's so cold that the bacteria that normally yeah. eats at your body and decomposes it causes gases in the body that cause it to rise to the top. Oh. That's how you find bodies that are left in water but lake superior is so cold it sinks them. that there's unfound humans just littering the Ooh. bottom of it for generations and here's some statistics for you there's at least 550 known shipwrecks 30,000 sailors at the bottom of lake superior that's insane i took like multiple images real photo images of a sunken boat. So that's like a real photo. Yeah. I just like juxtaposed all these real existing photos of Lake Superior into one. Yeah, it's very detailed. And that's an underwater photo that the camera's half in, half out of the water. Love it.
1: <laughs> I didn't know you were so obsessed with Lake Superior. I'm sorry. This is like news
0: to a Because once you start learning, it's like full of mystery. Oh, totally. It's worth writing a folktale about. <laughs> <laughs> I have audio in my ears.
1: Who is making those sounds? I just realized that that's his beard. I thought he was a shrimp. (laughs) You thought it was a shrimp? I thought it was a giant shrimp. (laughs) Roy's illustrated a a short cartoon. Yeah. Featuring a man that I thought was a shrimp, but I see now that it's Son of (laughs) Paul Bunyan
0: and his beard. Is so long, and his hair is balding with a little mohawk spray. Yes. And he's gone mad. (laughs) We're seeing the face of a madman. But he still has a mustachio over his beard, which is kind of tasteful. And his eyes are bloodshot, and his teeth are yellowed. Yeah. And he has a broken ship, one in each paw. (laughs) And he's sinking
1: to the bottom of the sea. To Lake Superior, down yes. with all those other haunted asses. Yeah, 30,000 30, other folks to keep him company.
0: <laughs> oh my God, Jerry it's brilliant. I love. When I was reading Robert's
1: <laughs> story, it reminded me of, um, you know, like the Banksy dystopian, I think it's called Dismal Land. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Banksy did a pop-up art exhibit. It's kind of like a mini- Version of like a Disneyland, but it's got like an apocalyptic theme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've seen like photos of it, and he has lots of like Disney characters mm-hmm. in it. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. just him; it was like a mm-hmm. lot of other artists too. Yeah. But he's the household name, so he gets like all the credit. I think it was his idea, but don't quote me on that. Okay. While I was reading this story, that's what it was. It made me think of like mm-hmm. fun, but then like it's dark, very and, dark, like, disturbing, and very dark. He hacks up, babe, <laughs> <laughs> and also. Just he has a lot of like complex feelings
0: about his family. I was worried about <laughs> Dory being like hurt to the core because she is an animal lover. Yeah, do no harm, don't hurt the animals, and this story takes pleasure <laughs> in its <laughs> abuse and torture of the animals. So I was concerned, yeah.
1: but you know who else I care about? Who's that? The human animal.
0: Oh, and I wanted Paul, the son
1: of Paul Bunyan. <laughs> To find some peace. He was a suffering animal, too. Yes. (laughs) I feel his pain. He's alone on an island. He has no help. And he just has to deal with all of those complex feelings on his own. And you know what? I'm going to give him a little compassion. Numbing those feelings with the (laughs) mead. Well, I would be drinking mead, too, if I was alone on an island. I would be like— I would— fucking swim out to the sea too <laughs> you know he was a suffering animal too that's all I'm saying he was so he was. maybe that he little was. moral was 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 tucked in there somewhere <laughs> however I loved that it was morbid and disturbing and it's totally up my alley yes Robert James Russell thank you for letting us read your story yes what a fucking fun way to start little yes. shorty month thank you <laughs>
0: On the next episode of Art of the Short, Little Shorty will be reading Bear by Shane Terry. As always, a free link to this short story is in our show notes just for you.
1: And of course, we want to hear what you think about the story. Tell us what you think. Do you want to draw a shrimp man? <laughs> that, now that you're saying that, it does look like a piece of shrimp. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's why it's like a good villain because good villains are like wacky <laughs> Join the conversation by sending your artwork in and to learn how go to com. and don't forget to follow the installation on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Art of the Short. I said that all weird again. Yelled it.
0: Art of the Short.
1: I love you so much and bye. Bye 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 bye. Okay, bye. We did it little shouty month is on its way we're kicking it off yeah yeah yeah, hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> if i wasn't in my pod i could grab a guitar off the wall and just go to town strum it on down strum it on down to little shorty town strum it on downtown wait will you just harmonize with me for a second there's a delay so
0: we're never gonna it's right strum it on down Strumming,
1: I don't know. What did I say? What did I say? I said, "To to little shorty town." town. Strumming on down, down little shorty town. town. Okay, so I'll take the third above. Yeah, yeah, I stay here. Okay, strumming on down, down down little shorty shorty town. town.